New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones. Dr. Robert with you here behind the banner. <laughs> My apologies for that one. Welcome to the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Happens every Friday evening, five o'clock mountain time, an opportunity to get together and share the good news stories that I believe will remind all of us that we really are creating a world that works for everyone. First up tonight, a breakthrough in EV recycling. Now, you know we report on this, this story quite a bit here on the good news. This time, Swedish researchers say they've developed a new method of recycling batteries from electrical vehicles that allow a recovery of up to 100% of the aluminum and 98% of the lithium. This is all happening at the Chalmers University of Technology. Uh, they've presented the efficient way to recycle metals from spent batteries at the same time, minimizing the loss of valuable raw materials such as nickel, cobalt, and magnesium. They say so far no one's been able to manage to find the exact right conditions for separating this much lithium using oxalic acid. That's what they're using, oxalic acid, which is a natural acid found in plants. Now, they also say we need an alternative to inorganic chemicals. One of the biggest bottlenecks in today's processes is removing residual material like aluminum. The process includes a, a black fixture uh, mixture is filtered. It also is reminiscent of brewing coffee, they say. <laughs> the research was funded by Swedish Energy, the Swedish Energy Agency, Base Batteries of Sweden and Vinanova in Sweden. Good work, folks. Gotta love seeing that. EV batteries. We need more. We need more EVs, in my opinion, and we need more uh, ways to recycle the batteries and recharge those vehicles as well. Next story tonight. Staying in the tech world, California has passed a landmark law that obligates tech companies to provide parts and manuals for repairing smartphones for seven years after their market release. The California State Senate passed a bill, uh, Bill 244, passed 65 to 0 in the Assembly and 38 to 0 in their state Senate. This has been a hot button topic for quite a long time now. Uh, people wanting to be able to, to the right to repair their vehicle, their uh, phones. 
Now, they say the California bill isn't perfect. Uh, it doesn't cut back on parts pairing, whereby hardware such as battery is linked to a software ID from the device, uh, rendering certain features unavailable if repaired with a replacement outside the original manufacturer's battery cr creation. However, they're going to keep working on that. The author of the bill claims that uh, believes California is a water. This is a watershed bill that will cause a landslide of legislation to come in other states in the coming years. Woo hoo hoo! Good news, folks. We can now, uh, well, and soon enough, especially in California, you'll be able to start having your cell phone repaired rather than just needing to throw it away and buy a new eight hundred dollar cell phone. Good news happening all over the world. And our next story is another one. Uh, we're going, this is a, a Swedish woman. This is Karen. Uh, she has become the first person to ever receive a below the elbow prosthetic that fuses bone with metal and electrodes. Now, this is an incredible feat of robotics and biology. It, seemed, it is seen to represent an eventual gold standard of prosthetics and encouraging the interdisciplinary science team to believe it will be available in other amputees and other circumstances in the future. Mechanical attachment and reliable controlless prosthetic limbs are two of the biggest obstacles in artificial limb replacement. Karen lost her right arm in a farming accident 20 years ago uh, and was one of those who decided uh, against existing prosthetics. Karen is an engineer and says her groundbreaking bionic arm has reduced the terrible phantom pain she used to feel and has been life-changing in returning her capability in everyday life and regaining her independence. Quote, it felt like I constantly had my, my hand in a meat grinder, which created a high level of stress and I had to take high doses of painkillers. I now have better control over my prosthesis, but above all, my pain has decreased. Congratulations, Karen. Good stuff. My God. Folks, you know, we get a lot of our stories here on the good news over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. They do a great job of curating good news stories. Please head on over to their site and give them some of the love and attention they so richly deserve. And if you have a good news story you think we should cover, send it over. Good news at ntmedia.org. Let us know uh, the good news stories that you are finding out in the world we'd love to share those with our audience as well all right back into it this one uh eight manatee are poised to be released back into the waters of florida where they were rescued years ago now some of these animals weigh as much as a couple as two cars and were driven to the airport in specialized crates that monitored their condition. The crates were then loaded into a cargo plane at Cincinnati Airport, and a pair, pair of marine veterinarians accompanied them to Zoo Tampa and SeaWorld in Orlando. And I know SeaWorld gets a lot of, of uh, slack and, and flack for their treatment of animals. Here's a place where they're doing good and Zoo Tampa involved as well in doing good. Once there, they will complete the final stages of their rehabilitation before being released into the wild. The ultimate destiny of some 50 manatee that have left both the Columbus Zoo and Cincinnati Zoo's rehab program. 
Moving manatees is an extremely complex process that involves significant planning and logistics to ensure that each specific need is met throughout the journey. That's according to a DHL Express America Network Operations Manager, Kane Moody. The manatees are a critical part of our aquatic e ecosystem and have been honored to be involved in the rescue, rehabilitation, and return of 47 for 47 years. That's, according, that's Dr. Joseph Gaspar, Vice President of Zoological Operations at SeaWorld Orlando. Five young manatees started their own rehabilitation journey by catching the return flight back to Ohio. Uh, they, they, these animals will hopefully attract plenty of visitors who will be able to see the gorgeous creatures and learn what they can do to protect them. Up to date, SeaWorld Orlando and Zoo Tampa have rehabilitated more than 1,400 manatees for release back into the wild. Good work there, folks. Keep that up. We are going to save the manatee. I believe it. I'm involved and I love it. And let's keep doing it. All right. Hey, we need to take a quick break and let a couple of our sponsors say hello, let a, a little bit, let you know a little bit more about what's happening here at the New Thought Media Network. But please don't go away. Stay with us. Hit the like, share and subscribe buttons. Let your friends and family know what we're doing here on a Friday night. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute and a half or so with more good news stories here on the good on the New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. And we're back with more good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Quick shout out to Lita. Thanks, Lita, for being here with us. Appreciate you tuning in and sharing with your friends what we're doing here on the New Thought Media Network. The good news happens every Friday evening, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Now, as I said earlier, we get most of our stories over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. However, we also find a lot of stories at sunnyskies.com, another great avenue to find more good news stories that you can share in your life and in with your friends. Next up, we've got a whole bunch of animal stories tonight 
all kinds of pet stories finding their way across my news feeds. First up, this is coming out of South Africa. Uh, patrol officers on a routine patrol were alerted to a canine in distress uh, precariously perched on the side of a bridge. You can see that there. Uh, they recognized the, the uh, urgency of the matter and officers sprang into uh, action, climbed up on this little bit of a metal, uh, cement ramp there. A big shout out does go to these traffic officers. The Pitbull Sanctuary of South America was able to help the animal and get the animal back in touch with its owners. Uh, the police officers are also staying in touch with the owners Humanity, compassion, empathy. Yes, the dog was at a risk to traffic, but these officers could have said, no way I'm risking myself, and it could, have, could have resorted to chasing the dog off, but they didn't. That is according to the Pitbull Sanctuary in South Africa. Good work, dog officers. Thank you so much for being good, good guys and making sure our family friends got home safe. And in another interesting dog story, commuters sprang into action recently and, and were able to, in Glasgow, Queens, um, were able to uh, save a dog that had fallen onto the train, tra a train track. The, the dog fell under the train track. The train stopped and people jumped in for help. Just like with everyone else, I was shocked and worried that the train driver wouldn't hear us. We did our best to shout and ask them to stop. That's according to passersby and people that were on the train. Ultimately, a duo, passenger, a duo of passengers succeeded in saving the dog from its predicament and bringing it back up to safety. We are pleased to see that the dog was retrieved safe and well. That's a customer operations director, Phil Campbell of Scott Rails. We see this opportunity to remind customers to keep well back from platform edges when trains are arriving and leaving the station and keep a hold of pets, push chairs, and other belongings when getting on and off the train. Yes, folks, keep your, your little furry pets leashed and away from train platforms. Good news happening in the world of our pets. And here's an even better story. Governor Gavin Newsom in California has passed a new law that will ban over-the-counter sales of lawn and garden neonicotinoid pesticides by 2025. That's an interesting word to say. Uh, state lawmakers have passed limiting, uh, limiting uh, laws limiting the use uh, to trained professionals in the heavily agricultural state of California. AB 363 restricts the sale of the pesticide class also known as neonics, and directs the Department of Pesticide Regulation to conduct any analysis of the worst uses of neonics and take necessary steps to prevent environmental damage. We've been talking about saving the bees for quite a while now. It's actually been five years since the EU and the UK banned even farmers from using these chemicals. Several U.S. states have limited their use, and companies like Lowe's, Costco, Walmart, and Ortho have promised to phase them out. I trust these companies will do the right thing and take them off the shelves almost as uh, quickly as possible. Public health and ecological well-being throughout California are better protected today because of this new law. That's Lucas Rhodes with the Pollinator Initiative. 
at the Natural Resources Defense Council. He continues by saying California joins nine other states that have curved neonic pollution in the places where people live and play, taking steps to safeguard the communities and the species. Good work there in California. Hey, we've got one more really good pet story for you today. This is coming out of Minnesota. We haven't I hadn't heard of the the Furball Farm. That's the name of this cat shelter in Fairbault, Minnesota. Uh, it's an outdoor cat shelter. They call it the Furball Farm. The staff and volunteers built an impressive outdoor structure to allow dozens of feral cats that have been rescued to a place to play and learn how to be around humans. Now, most of the cats at Furball Farms were once unapproachable and definitely untouchable. That's according to a CBS report. Now, the majority love their human visitors. Founder of the farm, Julie Mavertz, who started the farm in her in a garage six years ago, says the outdoors is where most feral cats will have grown up, but allowing them to enjoy nature, wind, sun, and bird songs with love, gentleness, and affection has been a great sort of rehabilitation. We only accept cats from clinics, rescues, impounds, and humane societies that are deemed unadoptable due to their behavior. That's according to their website. Julie has taken in hundreds of strays and gotten hundreds adopted. Thanks to donations, she's able to provide low-cost spaying and neutering as well as flea and deworming treatments. If you're ever in the Minnesota air in the area, visiting hours are between 1 and 5 p.m. daily. This is a really, I just, one of those fun stories, folks, that reminds me that when we talk about creating a world that works for all, we're talking about creating a world that works for all life, all creatures, not just humans. And that's what we're doing, creating a world that works for all Hey, we're going to take another really quick break. Say hello to a little bit more, uh, a couple more, uh, share a couple more things with you and say thank you to our organizational sponsors and individual donors. Please don't go away. Stay with us here on the New Thought Media Network. We'll be back with more good news, including our hero of the week in the next segment. Help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, 
One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our organizational sponsors and individual donors, including Kathy Cornley, who's with us tonight on The Good News. Thank you, Kathy, for being a regular contributor to New Thought Media Network. It's donations like yours and so many more that help us keep spreading this message around the globe into households and the hearts and minds of countless individuals around the planet. Thanks for being a part of the network. All right, back into the good news. Catching up with African nation Mauritius. Uh, I think that's how we say that. They have overturned a longstanding colonial era law criminalizing same-sex relationships. The country's Supreme Court in a landmark ruling on Wednesday declared Section 250 of their criminal code, which dates all the way back to 1898, as unconstitutional. This abolished law has previously threatened individuals with up to five years in prison for engaging in same-sex relationships. The Supreme Court decision emphasized that this law did not align with the values of indigenous people in the country, but has a vestige of the nation's colonial history uh, uh, and British colonialism. The journey towards this historic repeal began in October of 2019, when four among young people, uh, members of the rights group Young Queer Alliance, filed a legal challenge against the anti-homosexuality law, citing its violation of their fundamental rights and freedoms. Now, this decision has received praise from the United Nations and numerous human rights organizations. UNAIDS, in a statement, welcomed Mauritius into the expanding list of African countries that are embracing human rights, including those of the LGBTQI individuals. Mauritius now joins other African nations such as Angola, Botswana, the Seychelles, and Mozambique in either decriminalizing or outright legalizing same-sex relationships. Thank you, dear ones. Congratulations and good news on the, on the human rights front there, folks. Hey, this next story caught my eye and I heard this story uh, in passing and then went and found it online as well. Turns out that it, we've been led to believe that carrots are good for our eyesight. Well, that's not wrong, uh, but carrots have a new companion. In a new study, just a couple handfuls of grapes per day for four months was enough to improve key markers in eye health in older adults. As you get older, eat more grapes. Now, this could be due to the fact that in a lot of degeneration of the eyes is from oxidative stress and the grapes are high in antioxidants. The research team from the National University of Singapore studied a group of adults who consumed, consumed either one and a half cups of grapes a day or a placebo for 16 weeks. The grape eaters showed a significant increase in macular pigment optical density 
plasma antioxidant capacity, and total phenic content compared to those on the placebo. Furthermore, those who did not consume grapes saw a significant increase in harmful ocular advanced glycatic end products. There's another great word to learn for the week. High levels of which uh, are a key risk factor for eye disease along with oxidative stress. Based on the double-blind study, it would look like eating grapes is a really good idea for each, for every one of us. All right, let's go grab some grapes. Be a really good idea for the weekend. What do you think, folks? All right. Hey, here's another one. Uh, we followed this story before. I want to introduce you to Chuck Feeney. Now, Mr. Feeney's philanthropic endeavors orchestrated through the Atlantic Philanthropies anonymously dispensed over $8 billion in grants over across five countries. Bill Gates hailed him as the ultimate example of giving while living. I had one idea that never changed in my mind, that you should use your wealth to help people. That's Feeney himself, uh, written in his biography. Try it. You'll like it, he added. It's much more fun to give while you're alive than to give when you're dead. Feeney's humble beginnings during the Great Depression, growing up in, with Irish-American parents who instilled strong values and a strong worth ethic, ethic, never left him, even as he achieved great success in the business world. Feeney made much of his fortune after co-founding Duty Free Shoppers. It's a chain of duty-free airport stores specializing in luxury goods. You may have shopped there or seen some. Feeney made, uh, in 1982, Feeney and his family established the Atlantic Foundation and later transferred all his business assets to that foundation. By the time the foundation was dissolved in 2020, Atlantic had dispersed over $8 billion in grants, primarily in regions uh, such as the United States, the Republic of Ireland, Britain, Northern Ireland, Australia, South Africa, Vietnam, Bermuda, and, and Cuba, According to Forbes, Feeney gave $3.7 billion to education and more than $870 billion to human rights and more than $700 billion in health. Mr. Feeney passed away recently. We want to share and we want to uh, honor him and the life and his life of giving. All right. Next up, folks, our hero of the week. Normally, we focus on one individual for our Hero of the Week. However, this week, I found a story I thought more important. As tensions continue to rise in the Middle East with the war between Israel and Hamas, a D.C.-based nonprofit is doing what it can to help the people impacted. D.C. chef Jose Andres, who we have reported on previously in this program, and his World Central Kitchen, announced on Tuesday afternoon that they're helping people during this tragedy with food. In a social media post, the organization said Palestinian families are fleeing from Gaza City to shelters in Khan Yunus, which is where they are able to help through their local partner, Anera. Anera, formerly the American Near East Refugee Aid, provides humanitarian assistance and sustainable development to increase the well-being of refugees as vulnerable communities in Pakistan, Lebanon, and Jordan. Together, they've been able to distribute thousands of meals daily to people who are displaced. 
At the time of the social media post, which was around 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday, they said they were able to provide 30,000 nourishing plates of food within the past 24 hours. And that work continues. Proud of the work World Central Kitchen is doing, helping people in Israel, Jewish and Palestinian, building longer tables, Andre said in a tweet. Then he stated that in the worst moments, usually the best of humanity shows up. Mr. Andres, we would believe that you are showing up as, and your organization, World Central Kitchen, as the best of humanity. Folks, please do check them out. Take a trip over to their website, World Central Kitchen, and perhaps even get involved. Hey, I want to thank you for being with us here tonight on the good news. And please hit that button, like, share, and subscribe. Let your friends and family know what we're doing here on New Thought Media Network and with the good news on Friday evenings. And please stay tuned. Coming up in just a half an hour, Reverend Michael Mangus with the Fireside, Friday's Fireside Chat. Check out what he's got to share there. Our, we'll finish our programming later this evening with our evening prayers at 8.15. And starting tomorrow morning, bright and early, we've got our morning prayers. And then at 9 o'clock, we've got our Science of Mind and Spirit Conversation Series. That's at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Come join us. Learn a bit more about the Science of Mind. And our presenter tomorrow, the Right Reverend, Dr. Tracy Brown. Again, I want to thank you for being with us tonight, folks. Hope you're having a great Friday and enjoy your weekend. Until next time, I want to wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.